you know, here I am in Bari. I've been living here for three years now. I'm waiting tables part-time at a restaurant right on the sea. Um, you know, so all that stuff has come to fruition just from imagining, ju just from the thought coming out. Welcome to the Sparkle Up Podcast, the show for service industry people by service industry people. Whether you're just off a short-staffed lunch, a double, or a clopen, it's over. Now it's time to decompress and hopefully have some laughs. We can all vent and learn from each other. You are all awesome, and we will prove that. So kick back, crack, or pack what you need. And did anyone get the dishwasher a beer? It'll help us get out of here faster. We are your hosts, Cosmic Smash and Rainbow Pop, looking forward to telling our stories and hearing yours about the often shared experiences in the service industry. Whether you're new to the trade, a cynical seasoned vet, or no longer in, join us this week as we talk about the beautiful and messy grind of an underappreciated career, and more importantly, the human connections we have all made in it. Today's topic, <laughs> we're going to be covering fine dining, our experiences in the fine dining industry. Uh, from both sides of the table, if you will. So, uh, you know, I know you don't have a ton of fine dining experience um, as a... No, uh, not as a worker, not as a server. Um, I did a little bit of bartending, and honestly, some of the... On it, the the most experience I got was on some catering gigs, where sure. I, I got some real good you know, feel for what fine dining what would be it, like. Yeah, what that entails, what it takes. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely had one where it was just a, a service bar that had like maybe two seats where people could sit and wait for their table, but it was really just only making drinks for the floor. Uh, it still had to be, you know, you had to be, you know, serious and know your yeah. stuff. But as far as like working on the floor, yeah, that, that, that can... It can be a lot more involved than just, you know, working at a corporate restaurant where yeah. you, you got to have, you pass the menu test and that's it. But I mean, like this can entail how you. There's a higher level of study that usually is required to be um, exceptional at it. It's a lot more guest interactive and you're not regurgitating the same information every time. You know, you're not usually. No, you're reading and reacting to each guest of of what you know, what their experience is as soon as they get there to how they're going to interact with you to not just, you know, serving from the right and removing from the left or, you know, only, I know one of our buddies, they only had like one pass through the floor. Like you only went, you never like turned around. You could, Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. You could only go like a set path. Out, you could only go out of the kitchen in one door and if you forgot something, you had to go all the way back around through the floor to the end or to the kitchen mm -hmm. to get what you need. So you're constantly going in like a circle. You never would turn around and go back. Yeah. And I bet but it was like, like a Michelin star restaurant, well, you know, they, so there was, I bet that serves some like purposes for a lot of things, right? Like it's going to contain the flow of how food leaves, of mm -hmm. course, from the kitchen and I to guess the tables, the, the perception from the guests that they see you, know, you always their point of view as well. Mm -hmm. And then also it's forcing you to make sure that you're actually doing more pass bys, um, in a way right. to check on your table. Hey, forgot and, a fork. Hey, forgot a linen. Yeah. Hey, forgot like, an app plate. You're going to see more all the <laughs> I time. I don't think you do that very often and stay there, but yeah, I see what you're yeah. saying. I'm, 
being an idiot about it. I'm always <laughs> like, I kept forgetting things. I just, I never I stopped so walking. Many so <laughs> but, many steps. Shit, that was, I mean, that's just part of the industry in general. You're moving, even on a line in the kitchen, you're back yeah. and forth so many fucking times that you, you know, you walk out of there and you're like, man, I did five fucking miles tonight. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm super excited to have our guest on today because he has a vast amount of fine dining experience for a number of years. Yeah. His stories um, are amazing too. Yeah. We'll get to that here in a little bit, but, but you know, we just kind of wanted to cover what our former knowledge of it was. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if, if do you have like a specific story that was a really cool experience that you'd want to give out? Man, I don't know. You know, I was just trying to think about, um, you know, different, different environments that I've been in that, I don't know. I mean, I definitely remember kind of sweating bullets when you were opening up wine that people yes. brought in to decant and they're bringing like, you know, thousand, two thousand dollar bottles of wine in or whatever. And, uh, you know, a lot of times or they, whatever. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> uh, a lot of times, you know, the cork just starts to just dissolve fall apart. Cause uh-huh. we're always doing this service at the table. You know, you open the wine, decant the wine, leave the wine bottle at the table. Uh, and I definitely had one where we had um, maybe a five foot by ten foot little back of the house area, a kitchen, like a walkway, like a server station behind curtains. And then we had a little shotgun kitchen because, you know, the the money's made on, on, the, on floor. the floor. Yeah. So th- this wine, I don't remember what the bottle of wine was, whatever. And and it wasn't a regular or anything like that. So you kind of have a little more leeway with a regular, but this court, you know, versus like a one-off customer. Right. Yeah. That's expecting everything to be perfect. So this cork just crumbles. Uh, I said, look, I'm going to have to, you know, filter this in the back and decant it and I'll bring it back out to you. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we had like, I didn't have like a stainless steel perfect, for the decanter filter. Right. Yeah. You no, know, uh, we're using fucking coffee filters. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a, it's a show and behind the curtain there, it's total chaos. I mean, it's, it's part of exactly how it works, right? Like, and our guest is going to allude to that too. Like it's, it's really, there's yeah, always stuff that, you know, you, as a regular customer who's never been in this, yeah. you're missing, you're missing, what it's like. The whole like. point is we don't want you to see anything except, you know. The perfection. The perfection at the table. Yeah. And I mean, the same for plating at mm-hmm. any of these places that I've been. Um, you know, you're, I've watched a chef pull an entire plate and it was rack of lamb. And I don't remember what got on the plate after right. he plated it and set it up. And they were about to pull it. And he just like looked up, caught it grabbed the whole plate and just chucked it like we're you know like we this. don't serve it like that we're remaking it and it was like holy very shit. minuscule <laughs> it was very like like some piece of a like a toothpick or whatever that they're using to oh yeah get, had gotten like on the dish somewhere and he's like nope and instead of just getting it out we're trash. starting over trash yep that's crazy yeah and i mean it was super busy and that was in one of those catering situations where yeah. like I didn't fucking really know anybody. I was just helping out. I was, you know, mostly doing bar, but I was 
back there helping run food when it came to the dinner service. Yeah. I mean, just exercise so, hands. Exactly. I was just, I, I literally was just there to do what I was told, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and. Well, it's a great way to learn, especially from people that are doing it all the time that. Yeah. You know, set the level of expectation as well. And I would say that, yeah, that, that moment one was where I was just like, shit, I'm not saying a fucking thing. <laughs> like I'm done. <laughs> I'll just, yeah. yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I'm here to only do that and, and crank out cocktails because that's what I'm here for. Yeah, exactly. That's where my specialty <laughs> lies tonight. So that's what I'm going to do. And, yeah, that's what you want from take me. Take the money and get the fuck out. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I, you, I mean. I think without further ado, maybe we uh, just take a quick little uh, pause and then bring in our bring in our guest. That sounds good. <laughs> Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. We look forward to creating more content and helping the uninitiated learn about the service industry world. If you are enjoying the show, please do share, like, and subscribe. You can find us at sparkleuppod.com. That's with two Ps. We will be releasing merch soon as well. And if you are really enjoying the show, you can go to our Patreon to show your support. There's a link on our site and we have many levels to choose from. Thanks again. Now back to the show. Well, so at this time, I'd like to welcome our very first guest on episode one. A handsome gentleman that you will be seeing on all of our socials. Um, It's a guy that I met a long time ago at a uh, a fine dining establishment, which we work together. Um, Frank, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing just great. Yeah? How about you guys? Nice to see you, Pete. Yeah, great to see you, too, Frank. Nice to see you as well. By the way, uh, Frank is coming to us from Bari, Italy. No big deal. Uh, Seven (laughs) hours ahead of us. Not that time matters if you're listening, but... uh, He'll be no, a, but it does make a difference in our uh, situation. <laughs> it <does>. Sure does. <laughs> Definitely will be a recurring uh, guest. But uh, yeah, we like to think of him as the third co-host. So mm-hmm. welcome, think, Frank, ah. for the first time of many. Yes, exactly. Wow. Okay, I'm, I'm excited. This is great. Yeah. So you know, we've kind of touched on it a little bit before, but as we worked at a, a fine dining place, um, let's let's talk a little bit about your fine dining experiences. You know, in addition to the one that we had together. And just kind of give right. a little background. Well, uh, some of these uh, are going to date myself a little bit, but uh, I'm going <laughs> to try funny. to give you the full story. Um, in 1976, I moved to Chicago, and uh, I was trying to do the right thing, get a real <laughs> job, go downtown, take the bus, have a briefcase, all that. Right. We can say bullshit on this, you can right? Say it's explicit. You, you can say whatever the fuck you want, right? <laughs> it was all that bullshit. And uh, after about a year of really trying you know, hard uh, to, to do the right thing, I decided that um, I was going to go to a local restaurant that was just around the corner from where I lived. And I happened to live in the Gold Coast in Chicago at the time. And that was like Dearborn and Division Street. And about a block away was the Chicago Pump Room. And uh, I thought, hey, why not? Let me go check it out. Right. So I walked in one day, and I applied, and um, they said to me, yeah, when can you start? 
And I thought, well, well that, that was yeah. easy. <laughs> well, that was but, easy. <laughs> uh, but what I didn't realize was that um, this was a very fine dining establishment. Right. Um, it was one of those kind of places in Chicago that all celebrities go to. Oh, boy. The goal is to get their picture on the wall. So the place oh, was wow. covered in, you know, yeah, celebrities' famous photos. pictures. Yeah. Autographed and everything. Autographed, uh, you know, the whole shot. We also had a, a booth, which was called Booth One. It was uh, always left available for the biggest star that came in that particular night. Booth One, which, huh? <laughs> yeah, some, sometimes nice. that was a problem. Uh, sure, like, like, what the fuck is this guy doing in my booth? Yeah, <laughs> right. So, um, Like, sir, you're Sir Mr. Stallone's brother. No, <laughs> you're, you're Frank Stallone. Exactly. You're, not, you're not getting in. Right. <laughs> well, the the sad part would be if Frank Salone was sitting there and he was the biggest star that moment, he would get booth one. But then 20 minutes later, Sigourney Weaver walks in the door and they don't know what to do. Yeah, you know, right. <laughs> so it's, a, it's one of those kind of things. But booth one was really special. Exactly. Um, used to have... Uh, in, like in the 50s and 60s especially, they, they had a, a telephone on the table, you know, a rotary <laughs> dial phone. Oh, wow, it, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was really pretty special. But um, So they started me off as a back waiter, and I didn't even know how this system worked. Um, what we did was we had uh, eight tables in our station. Man. There was a captain, a front waiter a back waiter and a busboy for each eight table station. Damn. Yeah. So the the captain was the guy who was wearing the tuxedo who would explain the menu, take the order, but this guy was never allowed out of the dining room. He okay. would then pass that order off to the front waiter who would then go into the kitchen, uh, punch it into the system, and then the back waiter would start bringing food out and the busboy obviously would clear the the table. Sure. Now so would they, there was a four-person team for would each they, station. Now, obviously, was the was the captain in charge of coursing the meal? Absolutely. Yeah. Right, and timing everything out, waiting until all the plates are cleared before bringing out the next. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that was that we were the you know we were the the conduit between the customer and the kitchen. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And if the front yeah. waiter or the back waiter started to make some mistakes or they were starting to rush things, you know, it was my job to you know to set the tone for how quickly or how slowly we want to go on this one. Yeah. And in most cases, you know, and again, I'm speaking now as a captain because um, I was only a back waiter for two weeks. <laughs> Damn, yeah. Yeah. Right. So one day I walk into work and uh, they told me, uh, oh, take off your uniform and put on this tuxedo. You're going to be a captain tonight. Hell yeah. Holy shit. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, no I don't know the menu that well. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> right. And they said, no, don't worry about it. You got this. <laughs> yeah. So uh, apparently I did. You know, uh, I went out there and I did my job and I kind of had a pretty good idea how to do it. But I have to admit, I really enjoyed it. Um, the money was good. Uh, in fact, I'll tell you another little tidbit. Uh, five nights a week, we had a piano player. Man. Uh, who played just through the course of the of the of the evening, and uh, for the first six months I worked there, it was Nat Cole. It Get out of here! Oh, excuse me, it was Ike Cole. It was Nat King Cole's brother. Either Jesus. way, so Ike Cole, and there were times where he would sing some of Nat King Cole's songs and play them, and you'd swear to God it was Nat. Oh Jesus. man, the sound was the same, and sure. So, so the whole ambiance was was really kind of special. Um, Absolutely, had, yeah. had a unique feel to it. But when we're talking about this as friends and <laughs> as a, as a show, you have to realize that from the customer's perspective, yes, we were 
Um, we were fine dining. Magical we were on our game. We were magic. <laughs> yeah. But from our perspective, it was a shit Total show. Total fucking <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> Controlled chaos just oh simmering underneath. The, oh, yeah. You know, the kind of thing where you, you, you take all the silverware off after each course sure. and then reset it. And you're you're slowly, deliberately, you know, casually handing it off to the busboy, and he takes off like a shot to go in the kitchen <laughs> to wash it to bring it back out to bring the and exact they, same silverware yeah. back out. Oh well, my god! They, yeah, they think we have this surplus of silverware. No. so it's it's all smoke and mirrors. I don't care what dining establishment you're in. Yeah, there's definitely a level of that. But it's our job as waiters to make that uh, experience special. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, like an actor or anybody else, it's it's the way you're presented or you present yourself in your, your restaurant. I mean, that's, that's what we always said, too. I mean, whether it be serving or bartending or whatnot, like you, the show must go on, right? Right. You you treat it almost as such. You you get that's how Sparkle Up came about. Like you could be having a fucked day and you just get in and you're like, all right, Sparkle Up, let's go. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. One of the things that I always did, too, is like, you know, you get entrenched with the table and you're talking and and you want to give them your full attention as much time as you possibly can and you know you've got like five other tables you've got to get to that you're behind on and then it's like as soon as you can casually step away um you go as fast as you can as well to the next spot and like do your best job to like control your heart rate you're trying up to pour down sweat and give them the same experience you just gave to someone else. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And you do it in a voice that you, that they can't hear you, because right. you, you don't you don't want the next table to say, "Well, he's just telling me the same shit he told them." Right. You know the same story. Yeah. So we do it in a sly way, and I didn't I didn't really start tending bar until, gosh, I think the first time I tended bar was at Charlie's Ale House in Chicago, uh, in Lincoln Park. That was like '85. Um, and, and once I started tending bar, I realized this is a completely different show. Yes. You know, yeah. there's a show on the floor and then there's a show behind the bar. Yeah. And um, it's a real art to be able to keep these conversations, you know, six or seven or eight conversations going at once. And I got to tell you, one of the things that I remember so well about meeting you two was how <laughs> well you did that behind the bar. You not only did the job by getting me the drink I wanted. But you did the job by entertaining me, keeping our conversation in in line while you were keeping six or eight other ones going, and you were entertaining the whole bar. You know, I found sparkle that up. so incredible. <laughs> that, absolutely. And it up. wasn't always yeah. sparkle. And it wasn't always sparkle up. Sometimes it was sparkle down. You right. know, when you'd be wearing shorts and and uh, and sunglasses and headband warmers or head you know sweatbands and I'd like this <laughs> on our costume nights. Crazy. Your yeah. costume nights were insane. Yeah. Or just a speedo. <laughs> or just a speedo. <laughs> it depends speedo. on yeah. Whatever the case may be. Right. <laughs> but absolutely, there's there's so much to this game that I think a lot of people they really don't get. Yeah. Uh, of course, they want to go out and they want to get good service. Um, but again, you know, there's, uh, there's so many aspects to it. There's a lot of people that you'll go out there and they don't want to talk to the waiter. Right. You know, that's they, fine. They just, th th and, and that's our cue is to say, these people want to be left alone. You yep. know, they're, they're getting engaged or they're breaking up or, or oh, their brother yeah. and sister <laughs> and they don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's our job to be perceptive enough to know when to get in, when to get out. 
right. how, how to control all these situations. So Yeah, exactly. So getting back to the point, I mean, my, my fine dining experience um, is almost more from the customer's perspective because uh, from the, the server's perspective, we always felt like it was just, like you said, controlled chaos. Right, <laughs> right exactly. Absolutely. Well, I mean, and so like some, do you have anything as far as like some of the more memorable people that you worked with, whether it be like front or back? Somebody that oh, stood gosh. out of like you know a, a you know well, a super strict as, uh, chef or you know the oh yeah or oh, people that, was that always the case people weren't picking up the slack on the uh, you know on the front of the house or something like that that was always the case in fact um, for a long time I think it's a kinder gentler world now but you know back then especially when um, I mean you got to have some when, thick skin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because the chefs, it's, it was like we used to joke that they took a, when they were getting their chef's uh, degree, when they were learning, they had to take a special course on how to be pricks to the waiters. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it, it was like, it was like something that every chef I ever worked for had. But it really wasn't like that. It was, it was only the fine dining ones. It was the guys who put so much effort into their plating and yeah, the way they wanted things done, that it was it was so serious to them, and they realized a lot of us were just trying to make a buck. Yeah, we're, you know, a right. lot of the people I worked with were studying to be dentists and lawyers. And yeah, in fact, uh, some of the people I worked with back then, I know for a fact, one of the young ladies that I worked with, she is now the uh, the director of the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago. That's yeah, fantastic. You know, she she's worked her way up, but at the time I knew her, she was just getting her graduate degree. Yeah, sure, you know, of course. Waiting tables at the pump room. So <laughs> the, the the chefs know that we're not there as a career. We're there, at least most of us aren't, that we're there for the moment and they're in for the long haul. So they treat us with a little bit of disrespect. Right. And you have to get have to have thick skin, you know, to, to get through it. Yeah, but you know, not to mention any names, but uh, I'll tell you what: there were a few of them that uh, I just about, you know, lost it. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh yeah, you know, because they don't realize the pressure that we're having either. All right, and like now to just kind of transition as the like being that server in the, uh, you know, fine dining experience, and you know, once you start taking it a little more seriously, and even you know, maybe the chefs never are not assholes, but that was kind of the fun of being in the back of the house too so you know some of that but like now let's just kind of like hear about some of your you know server experiences we talked a little bit about your captain and stuff but like uh what what's it really like and in your experience frank what was it really like being that server in the fine dining area um it was pretty special i have to say um during the heat of the moment (laughs) the beginning of the shifts were always you know standard and the end of the shift was always standard, but in the heat of the moment, and we, what we would call the battle, you know, where right. you've got your station is full and you're doing your thing, um, it is like music. I mean, you, we're, we're doing things that uh, even uh, subconsciously, we're not thinking about, you know, where we're moving and how we're doing it, but everything's going along very smoothly. You get very proud of that at the end of a shift, absolutely. Uh, or, or if somebody that you're you're trying to um, to wait on who is being a real pain, 
Uh, and I'm telling you, at the pump room, there were a lot of those people. <laughs> I can imagine, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they just, uh, and a lot of them were ancient to begin with. So this was very old money, and they were used right. to being treated a certain way. And, and you knew that by going over and doing something above and beyond what you were expected to do to make them happy made you feel good. And I think that's right. just a person, you know, it's a particular character trait, but uh, not everybody felt that way. No, but some I mean, waiters, that's yeah, part of what it's all about. Wanted to, yeah, wanted to spill stuff on people. And, <laughs> right. <you know. laughs> there was an occasion where I did do that. Um, just for fun, I'll tell this story and you nice. can keep it in if you like or not. But uh, we're keeping it. <laughs> I had a guy one night, and again, I'd been a I'd been a captain for about six months, and I had a guy in my station who was uh, just a pain. You know, it didn't matter what we did or right. how we did it; it wasn't no going to be right. There was no pleasing him. Um, after he had his second glass of wine, it got worse. Oh yeah, <laughs> and. Um, I actually, luckily for me, I told the manager about it. And I said, look, I'm having a little problem with this guy, but I think I can handle him. And one thing led to another. Well, about a half an hour into the the service, um, he did something that, again, I, I can't remember exactly what it was. It was just the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. Yeah. And I saw an opportunity, um, and I took it, and I reached across the table to grab an empty plate, and I knocked his glass of wine off onto his lap. Oops. And, oh my yeah, God. I'm so sorry. And I, oh, of course. I was so, I'm so sorry. But, but the, the, the thing about this particular story is that he knew he was being such an asshole. Right. He knew it, that he knew I did it on purpose. Oh, yeah. So it wasn't like he, you know, it was unexpected or he was, everything was fine. He knew that combined with me and him, so he called my manager over, and for the first time, I think, uh, I mean, I've had some situations in restaurants before, but for the first time, my manager was so cool. He said, first of all, I know this guy very well. He would never do something like that on purpose. Second of all, I've been witnessing you act this way the entire night. So as far as we're concerned, we want you to pay your check and get the hell out of here. Yeah, no, the bill, oh, is, yeah. the bill is not taken care of. You're paying. No, you're paying for it, and yeah. we want you gone. And I'm so, not taking care of the dry cleaning bill. <laughs> yeah, so as soon as they left, and the smoke had cleared, and I was getting ready to you know, finish up my shift, and I went downstairs to check out, um, that was the first thing he asked me. He said, did you do it on purpose? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I said, yeah. Yeah, and he sure said, did. He's like, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. That's right. all he said. That, that's yeah. okay. Yeah, You know, and it's just one of those weird things that I, I don't think I've ever done anything like that before Probably. or since. Sure. But it was just this guy deserved it more than anything. Yeah, absolutely. You know, well, and ha it, the manager having your back is just, you know, it makes it huge, right? Yeah. You know? Very, very important. And I have a sarcastic nature anyway. Um, maybe it's not sar so much sarcastic, but it's I... Um, I just say things the way I see them. Yeah. And mm -hmm. yeah. one night we were extremely busy and um, the head boss, the general manager, he rarely would put a tuxedo on and come out on the floor. But when he did, it was for show. He would come out and walk around and talk to tables and, right. you know, just be the general manager. And uh, I never really struck up a relationship with him. You know, it was always kind of a distant one. Yeah. And one night we were very, very busy. And again, this was back in 78. Uh, so people were smoking at the table. And mm -hmm. he was going around my station and he was 
capping ashtrays. And for people who don't know what that is, you right. take one ashtray upside down, you put it on top of an ashtray that's dirty, you flip it over, you put the clean one down, you walk away with the dirty one. And uh, he walks up to me and he said, um, I saw him capping my ashtrays in my station. Yeah. And he said to me, uh, like, testing me, like, well, don't you ever cap your ashtrays? And instead of saying, you know, yes, I do, I said, I thought you were doing that. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. and, Why would I and, do it if I'm seeing I see oh, you do it? Yeah, I see you doing it. And, 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 you know, it was just the natural thing to say, but it was the wrong person to say it to. Right. So I had my shifts cut back for a little while, you know. I, I, got, I got some of the weird stations. But, um, you know, it worked all, it all worked out. And, right. You know, it was fine, but... It's just part of the game, you know. Yeah, exactly. I think we it's had not an easy job. There was one place I worked. I think it was a, we called it a one butt, two butt, your butt. So <laughs> if there are two cigarette butts in the ashtray, it gets capped. That yep. was that was. If there's more than two, the rule. yeah. If there's more than two, you're you're the one that's fucking up. Yeah, yeah. Because right, you know, isn't it strange to talk about the smoking oh, in God. restaurants? I mean, right? yeah, no, it never happens anymore. That's for sure. Wow. Yeah. Oh, even here in Italy, we we don't smoke in the restaurant itself, but we can smoke like on the uh, the cafe tables, or you know, yeah. people will step just outside the door, and all the smoke is wafting back in anyway. They're <laughs> right. not completely they're not they're not California crazy here about it, but they are changing their ways in Italy a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and, I think you know, it's just it, it happens, and honestly, I mean as a person who's been a smoker for a long time, like I don't mind stepping out. Like it's not a big deal. Oh, I actually it, prefer it. Yeah. Like it gets you the moment, like a, take a break, get away from something. Uh, even if it's, you know, hanging out with friends or whatnot, sometimes just go out, take a minute. Uh, I, yeah, I, like, it's never, I thought it would bother me a lot when all of the bands came about in, you know, us, it started just going like crazy and I thought it would piss me off, but it was just like one of those where it was like, what? Actually, it's better. <laughs> <laughs> I totally yeah. agree with you. Um, in fact, as a smoker myself, I feel the same way. Um, I've quit a few times in my my life, and um, I'll tell you the thing I missed the most was the the, the crowd out in the garage. Oh right? yeah, you know? yeah. I didn't miss the cigarettes as much as I did leaving the party for five minutes or ten minutes and visiting with the smokers in the garage or outside. Right. You yeah. know so. There's a there's a a way about it that makes perfect sense to me, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And again, when I first moved here to Italy uh, three years ago, we were smoking in the restaurants still. So it's only been in the last couple of years that we uh, we changed that. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes you can still do it depending on where you are. But well, that's kind of a good uh, lead in too to you know something that we had touched on a little bit before is being the the fine dining server and then going out for a meal, right? Oh. So. You know, I mean, in, in addition to going outside to smoke, obviously, uh, you know, I definitely think that there's something to be said for knowing what's going on, knowing the smoke and mirror dance that's happening and still being able to go out and enjoy the meal and the experience. But, it, you know, it being almost impossible not to pick up on things that have been missed, things that are going great, you know. Right, without without being a critic, without going in there sure. with a, with you know trying no. to critique the staff, but you know we've talked about this many times. In fact, we talked about it at dinner the last time we were all together. Was that, um, of course, we're going to notice the pluses and the minuses, but um, you know we're not going to dwell on them. That's not 
that's not our style to begin with. Uh, plus, because we know how this operates, how this works. Right. Uh, we know that waiter's in the weeds. I mean, it's right. Just, yeah. Uh, right. I know when you're. I know when you're screwed. <laughs> I know when yeah. you're screwed, and you know. But again, there's some basic mistakes that you don't want to make. Um, because you want to assume that everybody knows, you know, you, you kind of want to assume that everybody is a, has been a waiter in the past, you know, so that you don't make those, those big mistakes, like taking something away from the table or something doesn't show up and you've forgotten it and then not acknowledging that you forgot it. Yeah. We're all humans. Like it's fine. We're all human. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, I mean, you don't want to just, you don't want to do that. So we're a little bit more perceptive on that right. you know, as as waiters than um, than most people are. But well, and I think I that's what that part of this is too is to kind of enlighten those that aren't, and and you know relate to those that are, and just let them know you know hey look we I get it that you're busy like you know you got a lot of tables like it's fine if yeah. there's anybody that is fine with waiting like it's going to be a service industry person right exactly that's right you know that's right. And again, that kind of goes back to my my thought of process of the the people who are sitting in the restaurant have to be have to kind of consider that we're not just waiters and we're not just bartenders. We're also customers. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it turns we out we out, eat food. Right, we eat food. So, <laughs> so we know exactly what you're going through. We're not doing this to you on purpose. Right. The, ki- the either the kitchen is holding us up or. Something has gone completely wrong that was was out of our control. Yeah, or three fucking servers uh, called in sick. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that used to happen when 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 James and I when we met each other in, in that restaurant in Springfield. Yeah, um, that used to happen to us all the time. We we'd find ourselves with you know eight nine table stations. Yeah, yeah. Because because two people didn't show up. Exactly. And, and yeah, it and you're running a hairy. you're running a floor of like five or maybe six servers, maybe less, maybe five or four, and one or two people don't show up. I mean, it's your ass. It changes everything. It completely Absolutely. changes everything. Yeah. Or the other side of the coin is there's there's plenty of wait staff and then there's nobody in the kitchen. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. You know? So it, it can go yeah. a lot of different, a lot of strange ways. And you're dealing with a lot of different personalities and trainees. And there's just so much that goes into this. That yeah. I, I don't think, now, now my daughter and her husband have never worked in a restaurant. Ever. Wow. Neither one of them. And when we go out to a restaurant, there's some things even to this day that uh, both her mother and I were both in the restaurant business. Right. So we thought we were explaining it to her pretty well. Yeah. But there's things that she'll say, I can't believe, what, where's my, where are the toast, you know, tortillas? And I'm like, she's getting them. You know, right. give her a break. You know, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still trying to explain to them how this works, you know. Right. It may take a minute. She just got triple sat. Yeah. And, yeah. And my daughter would look at me and say, well, uh, how did you know that? I said, well, you I'm watch just, around. <laughs> I'm paying attention. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, I can't not pay attention. I've been doing it too right. long. Like, but not, non-restaurant people do tend to uh, not pay attention to that sort of thing. Right. It's just they're the only table in the place, even though they had to wait for 40 minutes to sit down. Right. Exactly. You know, <laughs> or whatever the case may be. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, I, we want to talk a little bit about things that make you awesome. Definitely. Uh, make me awesome. Yeah. Things that make you oh specifically awesome. to talk awesome. about your awesome list. You don't have wow. to, you know, rattle off a ton, but this is a time to do a little... Uh, a little I'm shameless. not even sure I can rattle off a ton if I wanted to. I, I mean, mean I, I can tell you a few things that I'm proud of, but 
I don't know if it's awesome or not. Um, it usually makes that awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I can tell you, you probably already mentioned a few things just talking. Yeah, you've you already said things that I would say were, were certainly on your awesome list. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, booth one. That's, well, <laughs> you know, what was that? Booth Bo- one. Booth one. I mean, right? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, let me tell you a booth one story real quick. So just for yeah, fun. Absolutely. Uh, this particular night, Lonnie Anderson came into the restaurant. Oof. And Oof. this was like uh, 1980, I think. And of course, when she walks in a room, I mean, there's no mistaking no. who this is. The big blonde hair, the mm-hmm. the entourage. You know, she had like five people with her. And and as professionals, we know how to grab a table and slide it away from a banquette. Yeah. You know, open the table up, and then let the customers sit, and then slide the table back in Absolutely. front of them. It's just, it's second nature to us. And we make it look so simple that I guess to the guest, it looks like a piece of cake. Yeah. Well, the table was was full. It had wine glasses and food and it had all sorts of stuff on it. And uh, she had to go to the bathroom. And rather than wait for one of us to come over and open the table, one of the guys from the table said, no, jumped oh, up, shit. Oh, I can do this. Yeah bad when he pulled the table away it got caught on the carpet and everything started to sway back and forth and of course oh, wine yeah. had been dumped on her and she was wearing a white dress oh, I mean, oh it was, no <laughs> it was crazy well rather than you know everybody panic the guys started to panic because you know he it's, realized what he had done right and uh so we all kind of converged on the table and you know, started to, to work it out. She was obviously staying in the Ambassador West Hotel right. while she was there. So she just left the table, went up to her room, changed her clothes. By the time she got back down, the table was completely reset up. The food was completely reordered like it never happened. I oh, mean, yeah, I mean, that's amazing. And and that that was, again, walking away from that and saying, that's what our job is, is to right. be... You know the the person who does who takes a bad situation and makes it right without making too many people embarrassed. Now the guy never stopped apologizing. Believe me. Sure. Oh that, yeah. Course, I'm sure. I kept telling the guy, "Don't worry about it. Don't yeah, worry about it." You know, shit happens, but uh, just the way it all transpired and how well it came back to like it never happened right. was fantastic. And at the end of the meal, of course, she didn't get a phone call or make a phone call, but. The uh, the photographer that we had a house photographer as well, and um, the house photographer asked her to pick up the phone and pretend like she was on a phone call in sure. booth one for her picture for the wall, and uh, that was kind of fun. Very nice. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, so it, it was the stuff like that went on quite often though. I mean, we had a lot yeah. of lot of fun in that place. Well, that's and, definitely uh, something that could be on your you know your awesome list. Let, let's call that part of the awesome list because yeah. um, I, I really can't think of too many other things uh i mean if i think about my restaurant career that's one thing but uh well yeah and it doesn't necessarily it, have to be that I exactly mean, it, can it can be, be any personal experience I mean, or case in point where you live right now that's pretty oh. awesome and that process of you know yeah. getting a italian passport and yeah being well, a, my grandfather was born here in bari and um I remember being when I was when I was a young man, 
and waiting tables in Chicago, I did think about how cool it would be to be a waiter in Italy. Right. And again, it was just like a fleeting thought. It was something that kind of went through my mind. And of course, I brought it up a couple of times over the next 10 or 20 years. But it never really seemed like something that would actually happen. Right. And, uh, you know, here I am in Bari. I've been living here for three years now. I'm waiting tables part-time at a restaurant right on the sea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so all that stuff <laughs> has come to fruition right. just from imagining, ju- just from right. the thought coming out. Right. You know, and I, I have a whole theory on that, too. That's for another show. But, you know, there's a, there's a real serious aspect to this, and I call it uh, fruition. Sure. It's, if you think about something that you want, it's all out there in the universe. All of it's out there. Yep. All you have to do is think about it, want it bad enough, and it'll manifest itself. You know, it's almost like magic in a way. Now, you can't <laughs> wish for a new car. or I mean, you right. can. But again, the process of getting to that new car is the process of manifestation. Absolutely. You know, so you've, you've thought of it. You wanted it. Right. It was a, it was a specific car, and then at some point in your life, you actually attained it. You that's see right. the you end know, result, and then you work the end, towards getting to the it. end result, right? And sometimes I wake I wake up in the morning and I think, you know, how did I get here? And a lot of it is through imagination. It's just something that I wanted to do, and I'm I'm kind of a uh, also a. Uh, amateur archaeological sleuth, you know. I, yeah. I, I I love all that stuff. So my plans uh, this particular year is to go to uh, uh, Malta and Sardinia oh, while God, I'm yeah. you know living here in Italy and discover some of the archaeological ruins there. Man. You know that um, this is not for any reason but for my own personal sure. benefit. But but I love that stuff, and and I'm also really proud of the fact that. Um, in fact, when, when James, when you and I first met yeah. uh, at the restaurant, um, this is our pre-golf career together. Sure. All three of us. <laughs> it's all three of our pre-golf career. We were only discussing golf at that time in the restaurant yeah. before we actually played together. Uh, I had been taking my little grandson, uh, Dylan, who's only six years old, to the golf course with me. And... Um, Every time he'd get a little taller, I'd get his clubs would be get a little longer, and I'd get yeah. new sets for him. And of course, my deep desire was that my grandson would grow up to be a want to be a golfer. Right. Well, of course, like any teenager, now he's sixteen, <laughs> but like any teenager, he wants to be a professional basketball player. Or he wants to do you know whatever. Yeah. All of a sudden, in the last six months to a year, he has decided golf is what he wants to do. Really? So now, yeah, so now he's applying for the golf um, team at high school. Oh, yeah, nice. Uh, he's, I'm so proud of him for doing that, for actually going down that road. Um, you know, he came to Pinehurst twice to visit me. Right. He's played all the great courses just like you guys have. Um, he's, he's now a part of, of our group. You know right. what I mean? He's he's a as, gol- as golfers, we're we're a very unique group of people. We may need to get um, him about six months in the restaurant industry. Yeah, we got to get him that, that yes. experience. He may have to <laughs> sir, do a little time served. And you know what he has? He, he he worked at a little place called Giuseppe's in um, in Ohio. Oh, there you go. Nice. Boy last summer. Perfect. Uh, so he's starting it up. Didn't care for it too much. I'll but bet. He, I, I, I told him, I said, hey, <laughs> you we none do of it. us really care for it right yeah. at the beginning. I was going to say, right. Through. Yeah. yeah, there were plenty of times but I didn't care for it. it's important, I think, especially for 
you know, younger people coming up into adulthood that that they have a an awareness about what it entails because of how frequently people do go out to eat and that the other side of of the table is the person bringing you the, the things or the person cooking you the things and oh well, you know, how many times have we said to each other I think everybody should go to restaurant boot camp. Right. Six months, yeah. Three yeah. months, six months. Just, not just a to long make you time, aware. You know, just, just to make you aware of what's going on on the other side of the, you know, but. Yeah, I know, I know we're happen. not the only ones that are saying that either. I've heard that from almost everyone that I'm friends with that has been in the industry in any way. Like, everybody's like, man, if people just saw what it's like, what it takes, like, they'd be nicer. They'd they'd have more appreciation for it. And I think, yeah, I think that's something definitely we agree with. And hopefully with what we're doing here, that people can start to understand that a little bit. Yeah, um, kind of enlighten those that are unenlightened as of yet. Yeah, and of course we'll make some fun and we'll have some some laughs at people's expense. That That's, uh, that's part of comedy, right? So, oh, of course. And yeah. as we get deeper into this, I think we might even start naming names at some point. <laughs> Depending. I mean, we'll probably have <laughs> Depending. Because we'll I noticed that we're, we've all been very we're careful skirting. about naming. <laughs> yes, skirting, skirting the edges. Skirting the edges. Yeah. Uh, people that know yeah, us will be able to put the, oh, put the pieces together. But. They'll put the pieces together, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm expecting a lawsuit coming from Lonnie Anderson, too. <laughs> or the Lonnie Anderson camp. Right, right. Her people. Well, man, oh, this is goodness. this has been a blast. We've got so much more to discuss. We've got to put more episodes together with you. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, we definitely absolutely. wanted to cover a little bit of the fine dining life and, uh, you know, just share it with the world. Absolutely. Oh, we really appreciate it. Frank, first, uh, first I, of many of these, man, we're going we're gonna to have a blast. Yeah. Oh, good. And if you like those pump room stories, I've got a million of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, we had, a, we had a booth in the back that Sinatra actually wanted put in for himself, and it had a green velvet uh, curtain that went in front of it mm-hmm. so he could block himself off. And, of course, once he asked for it, they did it for him. He never came back in. Of course. That's, that's, <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know who used to use it was Belushi when he would come. Oh, you know, nice, man. He would go in the back there. And I'm telling you, there's, there's some stories. Oh, oh my God. Man. We'll, we'll get into those at another exactly. time. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. We'll bring up a bunch more. But, um, Frank, for the first of hopefully very, very many, uh, thank you. And we're, we'll be looking forward to talking about everything and all the things. Yeah. And, uh Well, I mean, as always, don't forget. Sparkle up. Sparkle up. I'm always sparkled up. (laughs) Thank you again for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share this podcast with a few friends that would enjoy it as well. Word of mouth is always a great way to get others interested. As mentioned, please do like, share, and subscribe. You can find us at sparkleuppod.com with links to everything sparkly. If you want to become a member sparkler, go to our Patreon and find a level that fits you. Every bit counts. Thank you again. As always, sparkle up. Sparkle up.